It's Monday, 15th of December 2014. This is HPR episode 1661 entitled Ogcamp Interview with Paul Tansom and is part of the series Interviews. It is hosted by Coronominal and is about 12 minutes long. Feedback can be sent to coronominal at coronominal.org or by leaving a comment on this episode. The summary is a short interview with Paul Tansom of Code Club. This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello everyone, this is Hacker Public Radio and my name is Philip Newborough. In today's episode of HPR, you can listen to an interview I conducted with Paul Tansom. Paul is a regional coordinator for Code Club, a nationwide network of volunteer-led after-school coding clubs for children aged 9 to 11. In the interview, we discuss what's involved in being a Code Club volunteer, how to get involved, how Code Club and the UK National Curriculum complement each other, and Code Club Pro. The interview was recorded at OpCamp 14, held in Oxford in the UK on the weekend of October the 4th, 2014. OK, so I'm at OpCamp and I'm speaking with... Paul Tansom. Hi, Paul. Oh. So, tell me, what are you doing here this weekend? Uh, I'm here promoting Code Club, uh, looking for... Anybody who's got a bit of spare time to uh, run after school coding clubs for kids. The, the next generation of old camp attendees, perhaps. That sounds brilliant. So, uh, what's, what, what does Code Club involve? Um, you basically um, sign up on the website as a volunteer, saying that you've got about an hour a week for a term or more to uh, go into a school and uh, teach ages 9 to 11, years 5 to 6, to, to code. We've got project materials for doing Scratch, HTML and CSS, and Python. And, uh, and the, the kids on the, the club seem to be loving it. Oh, that sounds brilliant. So can, can anybody volunteer to, be, to run one of these code clubs, can they? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, obviously we're looking for a bit of background experience, but um, we have got mums running them in in the schools um, for kids and they're sort of learning ahead of the kids so I think the main thing is, is enthusiasm and an ability to follow the worksheets and work out what's going on so but most most people are technical that, that do it alright so I don't know I mean thinking about it from my, you know, my own perspective I would imagine it would be quite daunting to go into a class full of kids <laughs> and um, just sort of like teach a uh, Code Club is is there any help available? 
yes, we've, we've just brought online regional coordinators throughout the country to um, help with anything that volunteers need, help matching up schools to volunteers and finding volunteers for schools that are having trouble finding one locally. Um, as far as actually going into the schools, we have, can't see this on radio, but we have project sheets which you can actually take a look at on the website if you like, which um, basically give the activities that you've got to support. So if you go through the project sheets and familiarise yourself with them beforehand, then uh, you're ready for most of the questions the kids ask. They do come up with some wonderfully interesting ones sometimes. Um, and your work with a teacher in the class, so they've got the classroom experience and you've got the technical knowledge. And uh, beforehand, you get a little bit of induction because we work with the STEM Ambassadors Scheme who provide us with insurance and the DBS checks so that you're, you're all checked out for being safe to work with the kids. All right, so you're not just sort of like dumped in a classroom with a bunch of kids, you've got a teacher no, there. No, um, you, you, you have a teacher there who's obviously familiar with, with the kids um, and uh, you know, know which ones perhaps need a little bit more encouragement or, or help or which ones are going to be high flyers and, uh, and away and really challenging you to come up with something new. Yeah, I bet there's a few of those. So yeah. It sounds like a really sort of like um, rewarding thing to do. It, it is. It's great fun. I've, I've been, you know, really blown away by it. With, I started back in 2012 on the pilot um, teaching my son. He was in my first class. He's now year nine and he's coming back and helping me and he's loving doing it as well. So, uh, yeah, it is. And um, something that we're trying to, to do is engage with local businesses and uh, if they've got a corporate social responsibility department, then people can team up from the business and, and run it together. And it, I, I find it sort of inspires you when you get back to work. You're feeling really buoyed up by it and you think, you know, I'm ready to go. And if you work with a team from a business and if you've got a big project on and you really got to concentrate on that because that's your work, you've got some people behind you to just fill in the gap so that you'll, you'll keep the co-club going. And smaller businesses can club together and do it. Yeah, sounds great. So... Um, for the listeners, we've got uh, in the UK. We've this year, we've um, UK schools have introduced um, coding to the national curriculum. Um, how does Code Club stack up to that? Is it does it do the two complement each other, or is our schools now teaching something completely different, and Code Clubs coming along and you know teaching other things? What, no, what's going on? No, we're, we're working very closely. Uh, with the schools that the school that I work with is actually using some of the code club materials in the class and I'm anticipating that as the national curriculum kicks in and the kids come up we're going to have to advance the materials because they're going to have a bigger background as they come up through the schools we've also uh, recently launched code club pro which um, is volunteers going in and running training for the teachers because primary school teachers not all of them feel that confident we're teaching computing and um, we, we give them a, a bit of sort of background information and give them the sort of confidence that they need because surprisingly a lot of the stuff uh, well not surprisingly to us but surprisingly to the teachers a lot of the stuff they're doing they already do but they don't completely know the jargon the terminology that is written down in the curriculum so you know things like you know algorithm that they're, they're actually doing that sort of thing but they're not calling it an algorithm so you know it's a sequence of instructions or a recipe or something like that if they, if they think about it so we're offering that now for schools that uh, want to take us up on that well 
I think you're doing excellent work, it sounds like. Well, it'll be nice to have a, a whole generation of kids that know what they're doing. It, it would be great, yeah. I mean, I, you know, back in the 80s when, when I was at school, you know, everybody was with their little home computers and there, there seems to have been a, a dip. It, it's, th- there's a gap there. There's, you know, the, the technical people seem to be getting older and there's a sort of smaller number of technical people in the younger age group because they haven't been inspired at school, I don't think. The, the curriculum hasn't led them naturally towards having a go on programming and finding out whether it's something they'd be interested in. Yeah, totally. I think when I was at school, we had um, BBC Micros and whatnot, and we had Commodore 16s and Spectra, ZX Spectrums at home, and computing was more about, you know, well, if you wanted to work a computer, you literally had to, you know, program it, but yes. I think yes. over the years, it's swung kind of the other way, and computers have just been, cons- you know, they're consumer devices, yes. and it's nice to see the sort of like the Raspberry Pi and stuff coming along and, you know, turning the tables back, and yeah, yeah it's good brilliant. stuff, so... Yes, a lot of my kids have got Raspberry Pis at home, so they're going home and playing with this. And the other thing is is Minecraft. I've noticed my son is really into Minecraft, and I suddenly thought, wait a minute, he's doing slash commands, and he's 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 pretty much programming it by typing in commands to make it rain or, or do something like that. So uh, if, if they get the opportunity and they, they've got something that inspires them to do it, they're, they're away. Yeah, totally. So, well, brilliant. Thank you for talking to me today, Paul. You're welcome. Yes, anybody who's interested, go along to the website, which is coclub.org.uk. Take a look, see what schools are in the area. We can, you can search there by postcode and see what's there that's looking or doesn't know about it that you can evangelise Co Club to if you're interested. Excellent. Right. Well, thank you again. Cheers. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.